Four extremely underqualified women, <coughs> except for the one with a screenwriting degree, are here to analyze potential bait for the 2021 Academy Awards so you don't have to. Like Frances McDormand, we've got some things to say, so remember that these are our opinions. If you think we have a bad take, let us know. This podcast will contain spoilers, so listen at your own risk. Now grab your popcorn, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Oscar Bait. Welcome to Oscar Bait with your hosts, Julia Boyle, Libby Haberberger, Maddie Haberberger, and Emily Kate. Hey Bensons, so we are very excited because this week we are kicking off Women's History Month with Emerald Fennell's feature directorial debut, Promising Young Woman. So before we get started this week, we did want to start with of course, our spoiler warning, but we also wanted to give a trigger warning this week because this podcast and this film both uh, heavily deal with sexual assault and suicide and rape culture. And we just wanted to give a quick warning. Promising Young Women, which is starring Carrie Mulligan and Maddie's boyfriend, yep. Bo Burnham. Congratulations Wait, to Maddie. Wait, what? No! Um, no! He's mine! Sh- I'm trying to read the right, intro. Please! Carrie stars as Cassie, a cunning woman on a mission to avenge her best friend who was a victim of rape. Cassie spends her nights pretending to be belligerently drunk in different clubs, waiting for a man to take her home, and reveals her sobriety when they try to take advantage of her. But, once she connects with an old friend from school, her plans take a sharp turn. So, um, we wanted to kick off this episode with a a discussion about some of the responses that we've been seeing online. A lot of people are not happy with the way this movie was, I guess, laid out plot-wise. The way that things ended for the characters or, you know, how some things were left unfinished or how some things were left in the hands of the police. Um, Just a lot of different qualms that a lot of people have. If you're interested in hearing some reception of this film and the story that it portrays by victims or survivors um, of sexual violence or sexual assault definitely look them up there are some great articles on NPR I read one on Roger Ebert by a woman who is a survivor of sexual violence and we acknowledge that this movie definitely could be triggering to some people Um, but the director herself Emerald Fennell is a survivor of sexual assault and uh, this was her way of telling her story and I think that's about all we can say about it you know yeah from what I was reading last night a lot of people were upset that this movie ended and the two women the woman that Cassie's character is trying to avenge did kill herself um shortly after she was bullied into um dropping her assault case Um, which is why Cass, part of the reason why Cassie's avenging her. Um, and then in the end of the movie, Cassie is also murdered by the person that assaulted her best friend, Nina. Um, and a lot of people were not happy with the fact that both of the women ended up dead in this. And it took both of the women dying for the police to finally arrest him, but not even for the assault or anything, for the fact that he murdered Cassie. And a lot of people were really upset that, like, this entire thing was like, oh, the judicial system couldn't handle it. And then in the end, Cassie was like, okay, time for you to take care of it, because she's dead. And so a lot of people were upset about that. I completely understand why people are upset, but at the same time, this was her story that she wanted to tell. I didn't think that it was right I honestly after watching the movie I did not 
maybe because I'm ignorant, but I really didn't think that it was going to get that much backlash for how they handled it. I don't know. Trauma is so personal. Every single person is going to deal with it differently. So that's why it's hard sometimes. This is Emerald Fennell's journey. Like, this is her piece, and she told yeah. it the way that she needed to tell it. And I respect that 100%. And it it's tough to create pieces like this because you never know what's going to set somebody off or what's going to make somebody uncomfortable or upset. Yeah. So it's just a matter of interpretation. Yeah, and there are also... Emerald Fennell has done some awesome interviews about this film as well and how important it was to her and how proud she is of it and how it's everything that she Wanted, ever dreamed yeah. it would be which I think is something that a lot of people fail to remember um when they're criticizing movies is that filmmakers make movies because they love to do it like it's fulfilling for them to do and nobody's ever going to make a movie that every single person on earth yeah. loves or is happy with and sexual assault is a very touchy topic i understand exactly why it's incredibly difficult to grapple with uh, but this was like we said emerald Fennell, emerald Fennell's way of dealing with her own struggles which personally i really enjoyed the movie so this movie is not like it was uh, i thought it was an insanely well done movie and i loved the ending i thought it was i thought it was realistic which sucks in a way but like I mean, I don't know. I just thought the ending was how it actually would have ended. I mean, I, I understand why people are upset, but at the same time, I think it was her way of do what she wanted to say, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I think that if you don't agree with anything that we just said, the podcast is primarily focused on the technical aspects of the movie. So, you know... Uh, say what you want about the plot and the ending and like the meanings of it all but like at the end of the day it was still a super well-made movie and also Olivia I think you literally read my mind because I also wanted to bring this up because after I watched this and I was literally blown away and I have not stopped thinking about it for the past 24 hours I was thinking about how earlier in the week I was texting a few of my friends um and shout out to Anna my friend because I was like I think that I'm a bad film student and like especially a not qualified person to be voicing their opinions on a podcast because like I feel like I'm so easily impressed and I'm so <laughs> I feel that way sometimes and like I either I either watch something and I'm like this sucks or I watch something and I'm like this is the best movie I've ever seen yeah. in my entire life and then I watch a movie the next day and I'm like this is the best movie yeah. but she said that she said she disagreed with me because I was like, I think I need to be more critical. Like, I'm kind of upset that I just, I you know, everything I see, I'm right. like, good work. I like too much stuff. Yeah, and she said, literally what Livy just said, she said, obviously directors make movies because they want them to be enjoyed. And being critical takes away from their intention. Nobody sets out to make an unenjoyable movie. And finding something to like in each movie is admir admirable, which I thought was one so sweet. But, like, it made me feel better because... After reading the reviews that I saw in Letterboxd last night, after I gave this, I forget how many stars, I think I gave it four or five, and, like, I, someone gave it a half star, and I was like... Oh, come on! I was like, oh, am come I doing on. something wrong? Right? I Like, and it's just, I just wanted to bring that up because I didn't know if you guys felt the same way, but with this one specifically, I was like, am I missing the mark with movies completely? No. Or is no. are people just, like, it was just... Film is a subjective medium, like, that's part of the game. I feel like a lot of the um, bad reviews I read were primarily critical, not of the to the technical aspects of the film, but of 
the story the story choices yeah. and the plot choices and stuff which i understand um but like you said our whole podcast is about whether or not we think that the movies will get celebrated technically at award shows so we have some stuff to talk about uh the technical aspects of this film and the stylistic choices that Emerald Fennell made. Julie, I agree with you. Like, I think everything that transpired in this movie, yes, like, it's a piece of fiction, but it was just too painfully real. Like, I was sitting there, I saw this movie twice. First time, saw it in the theaters. Unbelievable experience. I'm I'm jealous. Very COVID safe, don't worry. It was only me and my friend and two other people in the theater. And then the second time, I rewatched it last night with my friends. And both times... I was wearing, I have a pair of socks. Me and Libby have matching ones that say men ruin stuff. And I sat there for like 20 minutes after the movie and was just like, this is so disgusting. Like writhing, like, ah, it's just so disgusting. Like a man can get blackout drunk and it's so funny and he pees his pants and his buddies carry him and it's home safe and they laugh about too. it. Yeah. And a woman has to watch her drink to make sure that nobody puts literal poison in it and takes advantage of her body. And that's just the way that it is. That's just the way that it is. And this is not to say that women don't sexually assault men, it happens. But the issue here, the very systematic issue here is that we exist in a world where men see themselves as superior, tell other men that they're superior and act like they're superior to women. And it is sickening and i literally just and then no one out. believes women mm-hmm. and i literally sat there after this movie my friends and i and we were all just like we hate men so much they're so awful this is all so <laughs> horrible it's all awful when allison brie showed up i was like oh my god allison brie she looked so cute and then in that white dress allison brie was and bad then we were like, and then oh, i was like allison never mind brie. not allison brie same with connie she did look Wait, really wasn't good. Wait, wasn't I Connie Britton? Wasn't I just mad at Allison Brie in Happiest Season? Was she the sister that everyone hated in Happiest Season? Yeah, she was the one that everybody hated because she had the kids. She was the one that was unhappy in her marriage. Oh yeah, she was the one that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've, can we stop? There can Allison Brie stop? Please. That's all. That's just a message for her. Stop. I've literally felt every ounce of air leave my chest and any ounce of hope leave my heart when. We heard Ryan on that freaking video. Oh, Don't say it. but that oh would so happen. That would so happen. Okay. Let's talk about all of the plot twists in this. Movie. Say, I would love to talk about the screenplay because it was. Go divine. ahead. Here. Go ahead. It was delicious. I there were so many lines that I wrote down. There was so Me much too. that was like, if you think that this film is a caricature of uh, what it's like to be a woman or what women's experiences are like with sexual assault or going to clubs and with men. Check um, your privilege. Yeah, you're really, really missing the point. If you're a young woman and you're going out for the night, you can never be with somebody who, one, you don't trust, who, two, is not as intoxicated as you are so that you can both, like, communicate with each other and be aware of each other, and three, without having, like, a solid plan, a solid group, a solid way home. Like, it's just so messed up. And if you, like, I what Livy said like truly if you think that this was an exaggeration at all please just go sit in a, a public street corner in a city for 15 minutes and watch or go to walmart or or walk exist on the street, as a woman like everywhere literally anywhere yeah j- literally just exist as a woman go to a college we're all subject to this 
Yes. Degradation. Is that the word? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great word for it, Maddie. It is degrading. It's terrifying to live as a woman. Last year when I was at school, um, I lived alone in a single room and my parents were super resistant to that idea because they were always afraid that someone would take advantage of me. And I never had thought about myself in that context ever. But as I've grown up more and I've spent time at college and alone in the world as a woman, like it is, it's scary. I took an Uber by myself to the waterfront once to see 1917 on a Friday night because I didn't go out to parties. I went to movies by myself. (laughs) And I can remember walking in the waterfront and a woman walking up to me and being like, are you alone? Are you sure you want to be here alone? And how sobering that experience is. I think that's the best word for this movie is is sobering. Every time there's a piece like this that can shove in your face the reality of something like this, I, I think that's definitely something to be celebrated. And I think that Emerald Fennell did an awesome job, especially with the dialogue in this movie. She wrote it and directed it herself. And there were so many really great one-liners. And the thing that struck me the most was that, yeah, there were parts that were funny, but it was yeah. almost difficult at times to find it funny because of you knew what was the going world on, that she yeah. had created. I don't want to say it's, this was my favorite part of the movie because this was like the most heart-wrenching part of the movie, was watching Cassie's struggle and self-loathing and like she she wasn't enjoying herself she wasn't having fun even if it seemed like it like it was all motivated so and this is also a testament to uh, Carrie Mulligan's performance but like it was just so obvious that through the writing and the combination of Carrie's acting that she was going through it this was like literally how she was dealing with her grief like I did have like there was a couple lines I watched this with friends, like I said, and my friend Emma, hey Emma, is a, also like a film student. Like she's, I'm a the film minor and she's a film major. And we would like watch very critically. And like at the beginning, there was a couple continu- continuity errors and there were some lines towards the beginning, especially the first time we saw Jennifer Coolidge. She was like, I know that you're I really sad mind. about your friend and that you're not doing good in your life right now and it was just very much like this is exposition right now but i like that's you need exposition in a movie so i wasn't like this ruined the movie for me like there was a couple times where i was like you could have maybe tried a little harder but i'm not kidding you the plot of this movie i thought was brilliant I thought, I, so, I thought it was so i thought it was so different yeah i've never it was seen incredibly cat i've never so seen shocking. anything like unexpected. this movie before. Yeah, Julia, Julia, I think that's a yes. really important point to me made because uh, there are a lot of movies that are, like, pink and pretty and fun. Mm-hmm. Like, she wears pink and she's Girl in power. It. But, like, this was was taken and ran with to a different planet. It was so fun to watch. Like, even though it, like, obviously it's not, like, a right. fun topic to, like, delve into. Um, and it's uncomfortable at times. But, mm-hmm. and it's hard to watch it because you do see um, things that, like, you know, have happened to you in your life before. Not, like, to that extent, but, like, you're just, like, yeah, like, guys have, like, said that to me. Like, what? But at the same time, like, it was, like, it's nice to see those things, like, see your struggles on screen and being discussed and talked about. I think it's good for yeah. right society to, like, make films about oh, that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, and- I wanted to say something that I forgot to say earlier that I've been thinking about that's been weighing on my mind for a little bit um, since the Globes, Globes happened. I was with Butte the other day, and we were in the car, and um, 
we were talking about this Facebook post that she saw, like, some guy that she knew make about how, like, oh, here come the Golden Globes where celebrities get to, like, tell us how to try to live our lives and everything again. And it, it made my brain wheels turn a little bit. And I was like, why do people think that? And why do people think that, like, everything you know should come from movies? Or why do you think that you should take everything that's in a movie or everything that a celebrity says is gospel? Like, if you think like that, try maybe not to. Try to think for yourself. Like, and that's what makes it fun. That's what I think makes it fun for us to talk about like, these movies. Like, what a weird thing to it say. Is, isn't that such a weird take? Like, oh, that movie's gonna control your brain and there's nothing you can do. It's just gonna control you, poor thing. Yeah, oh my god, it's propaganda. Well, that like, may be true and I have not stopped talking about this film. It's my own choice. <laughs> it's my own choice. It's because it's good. I'm aware. <laughs> but that's because you have critical thinking skills. And that's the thing that really bugs me about when when I've told people about my podcast and everything, our podcast that we do together and that we love so much. I was about to go hour. A lot of uh, people um, always respond with something like, oh, like, why do you spend so much time talking about celebrities or award shows are so stupid or whatever? Like, We know. Okay, yeah, you can think they're dumb, but we know they're dumb and we think critically about them. That's the whole fun in it. I'm sorry we like something. So that's what I had to say. If you if you're gonna look at a movie like Promising Young Woman and be like, I'm gonna get all of my feminist theory from this movie, then like girly, I don't know what to tell you. I don't Go read Judith Butler because that's not how you should live. Yeah, read read a book. Read Mary Wollstonecraft. Go for a walk. Try to like think about it in your brain yourself. Like just think for yourself is what I'm saying. Be you and do you. And you don't have to agree with everything we say on this podcast. That's not why we do it. Like, we don't expect you to agree with us. But, like, this is what we think about something that was made. And these are our own opinions that we voice. And we don't take everything as gospel or, like, exalt people in an unhealthy, weird, like, worshipping way. Except for Jake Gyllenhaal. But that's okay. Yeah, but even Jake Gyllenhaal is deeply flawed because he's male. And he's white. So true. Yeah, and he ruined Taylor Swift. Give her back her scarf, (laughs) goddammit. You can't have a song like All Too Well written about you and not have done some bad things. She left her scarf there (laughs) at your sister's house. And you've still got it in your drawer. Even now. Even now. So, think critically and don't get everything you know from movies. I feel like the the last girl powery movie that I saw was probably it was a little over a year ago and it was Birds of Prey, which is like a completely different level of a girl power movie than this is because that one was like oh my god Margot Robbie shared her hair tie with that girl and it broke the because <laughs> it was just such a sweet moment of like girl power, but this <laughs> was like queen. a real like Ew, Maddie. it girl this boss. was like a real like oh this woman is staring down construction workers for cat calling her like it was just a whole new level so like I like that you said that Julia that you've never seen anything like this because it's true like we it took so long for women to be portrayed I mean it we still have a very I, long way I, to that's go. like exactly Kate yeah. exactly Let me say that real quick we do have a long yep. way to go but it did take us a while to get to like a Captain Marvel level when I saw that on International Women's Day March 8th and I cried in the theater because I had never seen a powerful character like Carol Danvers before. Women can be feminine and powerful at the same time. Newsflash. Also, women don't have to be perfect in movies either. They don't. They're complex. so crazy. Like mad. So nuts. Can you believe that? Did you see that somebody like from a magazine wrote a review to basically to the extent that like Carrie Mulligan wasn't hot enough to be the lead? Uh Uh-uh. 
something like that. Are like, you they kidding s- me? Wait, was it Variety? Yeah, maybe. But he had to apologize. Yes, because I read Variety's um, review and they had um, a heading right before the article that said Variety would like to apologize to Carrie Mulligan for what we said about her. And Carrie Mulligan was like, I can't believe that you watched this movie and your review is that I wasn't hot enough to be the lead role. And the guy that wrote it replied and was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm a 60 year old gay man. I assure you my intention was not to like insult well, you your did. looks. Like, it was a very big deal. But like, still, like, please be careful, especially with the movie like How? this. I can't believe that it that happens was the to first everyone. Thing. It happens to every woman. If your reaction is, oh, this is this movie's unrealistic because Carrie Mulligan, who is a literal supermodel, <laughs> isn't hot enough to be taken advantage of. You are completely missing the point and you need some serious, serious Amen. soul searching. Yeah, I wanted to bring this up when Livy was talking about it whenever she said that at a point in your life, you don't think of yourself in that right. way. Almost, it, it is the, it's a very classic, that could never happen You're naive. to me until You're it does really happen naive. to you. But it's all, yeah. yeah. But it's also like, you know, every girl in America mm-hmm. grows up with body image issues and self-love issues. So you're just kind of like, nobody would like, ever want to, like, find me attractive. Yeah. Unfortunately, it does. your looks don't even matter. It's the fact that you're a body at this point, which is so, so, so disgusting. The fact that our internalized misogyny is so bad that we think that we're not cute enough to be Rape. sexually yeah. harassed sexually assaulted. is so horrifying yeah oh my gosh and in the movie whenever she was talking to the dean connie Britton, and um oh my god the dean was basically like well she was so drunk i mean i can't ruin this young man's life oh uh, i'm a girl who killed uh, herself i know bro? i know it was very someone compared it to they brock s- turner s- i read a review and someone called yeah they were like it's an obvious call out to brock yeah. turner well yeah and I was it like, was period. because that was messed up it too. Is. I is this the first time she's ever written? Yeah, this movie? is her feature as well film as directed. Debut, and I think she did a very she did good an job insane job. Insane. I still can't get over what this is. I think aside from Judas's title screens, I think this was the best usage of type in a movie this entire <gasps> year. I loved number one, big pink bold serif moment. I was already quaking. Yeah. But when that last one came up with the strike through it. Oh, that was perfect. Like her tally notebook. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. Like this movie was so smart. Call me an idiot so if smart. you want. But there's no way that you as a viewer could have guessed what was going to happen. No. I, no, I thought it was done. I thought they got away with it. I knew Bo was, like, was going to hurt me. I don't know me. if this is going to end like in the greatest way possible. But I did not expect any of no. what transpired. And I think it all what worked so well the payoff was mm, uh-huh mm, two things one she's written some episodes of killing eve but this yes. is her first okay. feature okay so yeah two yes the plot twist of Bo, i think was extra effective because <gasps> it hurts on their very first date whenever he invites her up to the apartment you were like oh this is it this is the moment where we're kind of like, oh, he sucks. Mm-hmm. And then he redeems himself. And you're just kind of like, for a moment, like, just for a second, you're like, he's okay. No, they can't. Yeah, you're like, he's okay. He's okay. And then you like, keep watching it. And you're like, 
something really I bad know. Is no, because really, really whenever soon. they were back at it, when they were like about to go into his apartment, he was like, "Do you want to come in?" I was like, "It's over! It's over! It's over! It's like, over!" Damn it! Uh, Damn it! Like Bo. that's when I thought it was but over. Even but even that, even that, he was yeah. like, "I think I messed this up. Like, right. I'm sorry if I made you uncomfortable. That was not my intention." And you really were like, "Oh my god!" Like, like he, we're rooting for you. Himself? Yeah. Like, I was rooting for him, and I, oh my god. Just to see him devolve to that selfish, terrified little child when she presented him with evidence that he, like every single man, is complicit in rape culture. Whether you like it or not, men, listen up right now and listen to me good. (laughs) I don't care if you think you're a good person. I'm sure you're fine. But the fact of the matter is every system in this country puts you at an advantage over women. You are in a position where you can exploit women. You have more privilege than them. And you benefit from that. That's the fact of the matter. That is it, baby. Uh, Let's just break down my favorite one-liners, all unfortunately delivered by Bo Burnham, but they were just so good. Can you send me voice memos of her laughing at each of these lines? (laughs) I was... (laughs) literally laying in my bed laughing out loud my mom is downstairs in a church zoom meeting and I was like they're gonna hear me and I'm gonna have to explain that I'm laughing at Bo Burnham saying do you think people think you're my daughter from behind because that got me oh my god yeah yeah that was a good that got me and then whenever he said that he texted that man and Carrie Mulligan was like was he into it and he was like yeah it's not gonna work out because of the oil rig that also yeah. got me oh really, my really God. good. That's what made it so hard. Was he was so he was there and he was in it. Per- like I don't know if y'all know this. I'm sure you do from the intro, but I'm engaged to Bo Burnham. Okay, we are when together. did you get to decide that you were engaged to him? Like I, I'm Julia. What? No, when I didn't have no. friends in middle school and I would watch his specials on YouTube. Okay, you act like you're we the only are in one. a long term relationship. Okay, well then we can share. I guess he can have them on weekends. But he's my husband, and I actually fell in love in real time watching this movie. He's everything I've ever wanted in life. When they were in that Pharmacy, CVS or yeah. whatever, that drugstore, <sighs> dancing around, I was like, that is everything I've yeah, ever craved. And I loved that they gave us the cheesiest romance Rom-com, montages. Yeah. Guess what, girl? I still eat that up. We needed that. We needed that. Yeah. This also made me, like, I need Bo in his own rom-com, too, after this. Like, it it fed me, but not enough. But even the perfect rom-com boy is so deeply flawed. But on the other hand, that lawyer, when she went to his house and he crumbled in her arms, I thought that was so powerful because we... That was so good. We didn't know that Bo was Hamarsha yet, but I thought it was a really, really interesting choice to give us a man who was very regretful for his involvement with Nina's case and everything. Right. So it was very personal to Cassie. But just to have a male character who was sympathetic in a way that the other men couldn't be. Because this man expressed his deep, deep, authentic remorse. Which is something we didn't get from any of the other characters. He was not selfish. And he acknowledged, again, did you see his house? Did you see the life he has? Yeah. The bonuses that they would get? For getting girls to back out of their cases like which is crazy. he knows 
Ugh, that was so, gross. So disgusting. Yeah. And he knew it was disgusting, and it tortured him for the rest of his life, I'm sure. And I'm sure that's the way for a lot of people in real life who are involved with these kind of cases. And I think it was important to see bad men can be good and good men can be bad. But guess what, men? Bad is still there in both equations. <laughs> Amen. No, a woman. When... Bo Burnham was telling uh, Carrie Mulligan that he loved her, and she was talking, and he went, can you just shut up, you stupid I know. I was, like, I was like, please, that's the money us, I would us, pay to us. have him say that to me. Thousands. Or whenever he went, will you go to dinner with me, you miserable I know. asshole. I was he like, was yeah. so mm, romantic. For a little bit, I was like, aw, my relationship. And then I was like, wait, never mind. They literally destroyed him. I will never get over that. Like, am I ever gonna... He was great. I hate men so much. I hate them. I hate them. Oh, wait. Should should we pee before we talk about the acting? Yeah, let's pee. Hello, future employers. Hello, all males <laughs> that I know. Hello, everybody in my life. I'm going on the record right now <laughs> and saying I think men are awful. All of you are awful. All of you suck. All of you are despicable. <laughs> all of you are awful. Thank you. I texted Tucker that last night. I said, I hate all men. Sorry. He said, me too. I said, okay, well, as long as we're on the same page. The thing, that, the thing that always bothers me the most when people get upset when people say things like oh I hate men or like white people can be so evil and stuff is like try to empathize and understand why they're saying that and then maybe you'll start to get it and this movie is proof of that yeah it's not like it's a baseless feeling to have you know like you say to in front of a man you're like I hate men and they're like I'm right here I'm like yeah you (laughs) yeah you're not exempt (laughs) we'll stop hating you if you acknowledge that you're a problem and actively work to fix it. Yeah, but it. that scares me, though, because even the ones you think are nice can actually turn out... Well, Maddie, that's just your trust <laughs> issues, girl. Oh. I want to kick off talking about <clears throat> acting, unfortunately, yeah. with the men, because we talked about how, yeah, this could be seen as over-exaggerated at times, but at the same time, you watched it, and you were like, no, it's not. That's real. And the the male actors in this movie... McLovin, bro. We're so McLovin and Ma- is it Max Greenfield? Yes. Is that his name? Schmitz. From yeah, Schmitz. Yes. I'm honestly like, I have to say, I'm really happy that Max Greenfield is getting work during this pandemic. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was it. And he was unfortunately so good. I felt so sick watching that bachelor party because that's literally ew. like ew, ew, every ew, man ew, like. Ew. Ew. We were scrolling through Instagram after on Chris's phone and there was like frat boys posting pictures and we were like, they were in that movie. Like they were there. My favorite <laughs> acting scene was when Cassie found out that Bo oh was God, in the, yeah. was the a Ryan part of, video. yeah, the and then she, washed over her immediately. she ran out into the woods and was just like, oh my God, in the song so in that good. scene too, she was a freaking revelation. She was, Carrie yeah. Morgan did, she liked like, the movie. At first she I was, was the like, moment. I mean, going through like even the Globes without having seen this movie, like I, I heard a lot of good things about Carrie Mulligan's performance, but I was like, I really want to see it for myself to see if she's worthy of like all these awards and stuff she's getting. Because so gosh weird. dang, Carrie Mulligan. <laughs> like I loved her. Like was she perfect? No. But did I want to be her closest friend? Yes. Did I want to hug her and hold her and be like, we do, we can do this yeah. together, oh, you and me. If I could have been yeah. there for her, maybe things yeah. could have been different. If the four of us had been there, things would have gone God different. God bless Laverne Cox for being in the in the pretty. Laverne best Cox was she so good. Looked so good in oh, this movie. Gail. First of all, and second of all, I'm sorry that you were stuck in that trope, Gail. But I know that's some tea. She's Laverne Cox rules. Laverne Cox in Origins of the New Black was like 
earth-shattering yeah, for me. So she good. was incredible. Yeah. So good in that. And I hope she continues to get work because she deserves to be on the big screen. She's awesome. Yeah. Nobody was bad in this mm-hmm. movie. Like, Jennifer Coolidge no, literally adopts me right now. I wanted to live in that house with her. Oh, I don't know if I'd want to live with her. Whenever Livy was talking about how there were some moments in this movie that, like, yeah, like, they were supposed to be funny in a way, but, like, you couldn't laugh because of how real it was. That's how I felt whenever Max Greenfield went upstairs to find that Al had killed Cassie. And he was like, it's not your fault. It's he not was, like, your hugging fault. And, like, and gave him, like, a him. little bro hug. Yeah, and, like, yeah, it was supposed to be yeah. funny. And, but I was, like, watching it, and I was, like, this is grotesquely realistic, but, like, I know it's supposed to be funny. I honestly don't even know if it was meant to be funny. Like, I understand yeah, that, like, that was the one surface level, it was supposed was to like, be humorous and stuff, but I think was, that yeah, once that I was movie confused. hit that turning point, like, even, like, during that wedding scene, like, that stupid little bongo thing they had, I think the absurdity of it is what... You're, like, how do we yes, yeah. This is his wedding? He literally just suffocated... Yeah the best friend of the girl that he raped and were like watching their funny wedding that long shot was insane of this of the scene where she died Holy oh my god that was torturous the fight that she had that was agonizing i could it, talk it for like 25 minutes long. about that scene alone it did feel painfully long because do you have any idea how long it actually takes to suffocate somebody so long. no but that's what i thought of after i was like you know what that was long it because I, i'm assuming it was real and it's painful and watching her act without her face in that scene was so crazy oh, I, and I, such I, a I testament to, to her performance. I wanted to vomit. Yeah. yeah. The, and the whole time I was thinking, like, girly, you should... If I'm ever in a situation where someone's trying to suffocate me with, like, a pillow or something... Pretend. I'm going to pretend, like, I ran out of air so That's fast. That's what I was thinking. I know, so really, that's what I was thinking, too. That's what girly. I was thinking, too. Oh, no. Why did but we all honestly, think that? What does that mean wait, for Wait, do you want to hear yeah, something Yeah, I don't know. No. I was thinking that, but then I was thinking to myself, Cassie's so smart. Do you think she just succumbed? Do you think she was just like, you know what? I think she just gave that up. That is so It's She hated herself. At the end of the day, yeah. this woman was living with this unimaginable guilt and pain. And yeah, she was trying to make it right. But there, you can never make it right. There's nothing you can do to heal that wound. Wait, guys. Also, the dinner scene. Oh, the dinner scene. Stop. When Jennifer Coolidge so- said... Do children have parts of the body that And the dad, when he said, we miss Nina, we loved her like a daughter, but we've missed you so much. But we miss you. Oh my god. There were were so many gems of lines in this movie, and yeah, Yeah. it wasn't a perfect screenplay, it wasn't, but it was really, really solid for your first try on the finale. It hit me. I loved it. Like, I love this movie. I'm sorry. Yell at me if you want, but I was literally like... Go, go, kill him. When she rode up in that nurse outfit, I was like, go, carve go, Nina's oh name my God. into The little Al's monologue she had carcass. about remembering Nina's name, yeah, that was dope. That was awesome writing and awesome acting by both of them in that scene. I hate to compliment the yeah. man because you're still probably That's scummy, what I said. but No, but he, he, they, they did good. They did good yeah. because it wouldn't be the same. If we liked them, or felt bad for them, then it wouldn't That's have the true. same payoff. So you know, I have they a did very, I have a terrible empathy complex Me too, so that bad. I should probably seek therapy for, where I feel <laughs> bad for a lot of everyone, yeah, things that I shouldn't feel bad for. 
I did not. I have felt. I am not. I hate to admit this, especially on the podcast, but I have felt bad for the Joker before, and I I have felt bad for Donald Trump before. Oh, the second one. I have very severe examples of it. Like very, like very severe empathy complex. I felt bad for Donnie before, just because I'm embarrassed. Just he's embarrassing himself. I'm curious. It's really bad. But watching this movie, Not I was like, I feel one. bad for no I can't one say ever. I've ever felt Livy, this before. is why I said I should seek therapy, okay? Listen to me. Yeah. Believe women. I need help. Everyone should go to therapy. Little PSA from Oscar Bait. Even if you think you're healthy, maybe just try it once. Especially you, men. But that's the thing, is that every single person in this movie who was acting, all the actors in this movie, great. Even the horrible, despicable men. But, I mean, nobody, again, I'm saying this as Bo Burnham's wife nobody hit like carrie mulligan she was everything i was really afraid you were gonna say nobody hit like bo burnham and i was like maddie you're missing the point me too i was like no you know that he's my literal boyfriend but carrie mulligan and i think she did such a good job of cassie was far from a perfect protagonist this girl's morals are askew for sure and she's struggling and you saw that struggle and they never i don't think the movie tried to say i think you should kill every single man because like i think you should go murder men for raping women no they don't they weren't encouraging us to be like cassie they were just showing us the uh, the aftermath of stuff like that. It's not yeah. a tutorial. I <laughs> tutorial. <laughs> yeah, it's a movie about a very very mentally ill woman who was really not sick. getting help in any capacity of her life, in her home life or her work life or her like anything like that. And the effects that this incredibly traumatizing event when her childhood best friend killed herself like affected her like that's at the end of the day that's all this movie was like it wasn't like yeah a, a big all women should go out and murder men at their bachelor parties movie like it was just a story yeah. about how this affects people in very different ways and how scary it can be and just how we should believe women at the end of the day thank you Kane, that's Kane. a period that's such a period that, is period that was period. i say this as a woman i am i am a woman's woman but I love, 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 love pieces of media where women can be the bad, not the bad guy, but women can have flaws and evil. problems and can be evil. Like Gone Girl guy. is my favorite movie of all time. Women should yeah. get to be bad guys. Gay people should get to be bad guys and also good guys and just represented more in the television media and film media. But like, yeah, any character can be anything. Yeah. Like, anybody can be anything, exactly. and it's important to see that all. Was I so rooting for Cassie? Everything no. is awesome. Does that mean that she's a good person? No. And that maybe just leads in, brings our quest, our morals into question. But Yeah, well. That's not what we were talking about. Yeah, and something that I also loved, again, I talked about this really briefly earlier. I literally want to go to the salon tomorrow and get my nails painted like hers. I love... Me too, Maddie. I'm taking these off tomorrow. She was feminine. She was. And the the art design of this movie, the way they put this movie together, baby girl, I loved it. Something that that really struck me about the way this movie was shot, and Kane, cinematographer, like, come on, film kids, listen up here. When you're shooting... A conversation if I'm looking to my right I'm gonna be on I don't know if I'm doing this right but I'm gonna have like 
I'm going to be on one of the third lines and I'm going to be looking into a lot of empty space, right? That's the way that that's usually framed. In this movie, often, they chose to frame the person looking right at the edge of the screen with all of the space behind them. I thought that was a really... And there was a lot of shots where there was a lot of headroom. Like, all of the framing was very interesting and very, like, askew. And I thought that that was such a brilliant way visually to represent how messed up this whole thing was. Maddie, I completely agree. And I love whenever things aren't shot the way you think they are should be shot or, like, aren't typically shot because it, then it makes you, you more, like, interested, I think, in the movie. But also I just love when people do different things in movies and they don't stick to like the, the normal Yeah, the, the camera work was really recipe. fun because there were times where it had that very, like, human instability you know like when they were walking like, right and it walked with right. them yeah. but there were also times like towards the end when they panned to her necklace and her ashes her oh, necklace so Sabina, and it was like that very robotic like you know what i mean like the contrast is really stark and really all impressive. the colors in the movie yeah. were so i thought the uh, what's the color scheme of the movie gum. itself every day so until i die so i will think about that yes. shot of carrie mulligan Framed perfectly by that blue wall decal. The blue square. Oh, the blue. Oh my god, that was such a good scene. And Bo Burnham has to literally lean over like Quasimodo to kiss her because he's giant. God. (laughs) I love this movie. He's a giant. He's like a giant. He's lanky too. Both both the art director and the production designer, they, okay, they both have done like a couple. notable things like how to get away with murder and everything but the um set director has done a lot including annabelle no this that's what yeah it just looked good too like technically stunning yeah and this the set director okay she was a buyer on annabelle she also did some episodes of glee (gasps) so thank god thank god (laughs) That's it. I just wanted to bring this that up. This has Ryan Murphy <laughs> written all over it. I'm kidding. No, but I wanted to... I was looking to see if they had done anything before because this was so perfect and I hope they get more work because they really mm-hmm. nailed this. Like, this was just a pretty All the costumes, movie. every outfit she had on, I literally want to buy. Like, I'm not even kidding you. And her shoes. I was Googling promising young woman outfits, question mark. Promising young woman rainbow wig, costume, question mark. <laughs> Like I was up in Amazon. <laughs> I love I love a sensible flat shoe. I love a sensible sneaker. I it is so her so sneakers that women were in so are cute prepa- are portrayed wearing anything other than heels and like with dresses and stuff and and Cassie wasn't afraid. She wore her little Keds out to her Converse with some funky patterned pants. You know, like I'm not a fashionista. And her little funky sweaters, like her little funky graphic sweaters. She was so sweet. Maddie, let's chat. Yeah, her this pants later. and that kind of like pseudo breakup scene where she went to try to get Bo Burnham back and he was like her gingham blue with, with the a jean man that jacket? was wearing a fedora. I literally Yeah, the gingham that. was yes. fire. Guys, it was the gingham that was that a did romper, guys. It was a one piece. I know. It was a yes. one piece. I didn't even yes. know. Yeah, it was that. a ju- no, like yeah. It was like a jumper. It was a jumpsuit with the jean jacket and the nice clean white shoes. Like come on. They looked like they were high tops. Yeah. Like, like platformed a little bit yeah, too. I they were. Yeah, that was my favorite yeah. outfit she wore. But also the the, the 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 stripper outfit. Well, the pretend stripper outfit that was so good. 
And we yeah, can sit fire. here as women and be like, oh my God, we loved her clothes and nails. Guess what? That's fine. That doesn't make our opinions any less valid. That, that doesn't make us any less intelligent. <laughs> no, Maddie, that's a very good point. But just the way that you went, that's fine. You went, guess what? That's fine. I think that it's also really cool. I think, I don't know if it was on purpose or maybe I'm just like, I don't know. But I think that there was definitely a duality between Cassie, daytime Cassie and nighttime Cassie because not even like with the boldness of how her clothing was shaped, like, you know, she was wearing more revealing things. Also the color scheme, day Cassie was very much more pastel and nighttime Cassie was bold, darker colors, darker lipsticks, feathers in her hair, different hairstyles. Like, just even the color schemes were completely different aside from her outfit. And on that note, Kane, the scene where she bashed in that guy's car with a tire iron, she was wearing, like, a black suit. Yeah. Like, and when she when she went to visit the dean and stuff, like, when she that let scene. Her, her predilection, I guess, whatever you want to call it. Uh, leak into her like everyday Cassie life like it was shown in her costuming which is incredibly yeah. impressive work. I don't have much to say about the score I mean I liked it I guess. oh I thought it was really good I thought it good. was really yeah the toxic <gasps> instrumental <laughs> <laughs> do you want to know what me and Emily have listened to for the last 24 hours just call me angel in the morning, baby. Closer than my peeps you are to me, baby. Yeah, but I really like the score. The only time the score was extremely, like, hard-hitting, home-hitting, gut-wrenchingly beautiful was toxic, but yeah. violin Bridgerton can go. That yeah. was, toxic that was the was most awesome. perfect choice. I also love the song at the end, though. Yeah about like a man that tries or whatever like i thought that was incredibly effective. Oh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah so i cool. like i wasn't necessarily blown away by the score i thought it was effective again the best part when toxic came on i was literally twerking i was like <laughs> i was twerking <laughs> like that hit but otherwise i thought the score was good but Free what Brittany. did it for me really was yeah the colors the way it was shot and miss carrie mulligan when you have a subject like that of course your cinematography i actually do have to pee okay well peace break and then we'll do oscars and b maddie kane you like murder i wouldn't say i like it but for the purpose of the ad continue for a lot of people podcasts about true crime means hours of entertainment who killed john benet you know. Right, and for some people, smoking weed also means hours of entertainment. And if you like those two things, or even just one of them, you should 100% check out Truly High Crime, or THC, the podcast. Every Monday, the incomparable Kimmy will smoke a little weed and unpack a true crime story. So, kick off your week with a little THC wherever you get your podcast. Love you, Kimmy. If you haven't yeah. listened to our little Golden Globes bonus episode, go listen now, go listen yeah. now, now, now. Didn't win anything th- at the Globes. I just want to say, now that I've seen this, I am upset, and I think that they got snubbed of a lot. I Canada. think so, too, Kane. I think that they'll definitely get um, best film. Best picture. Like, in that category, because there are 10, hello. Best so picture. they'll definitely get best picture. And I really hope to see them nominated for costuming and cinematography Oh, for as well. sure. I would like to see screenplay. Um, I agree. Obviously, they're not going to win because Sorkin's got it in the bag, especially after the Globes. But I'd like to see a nomination yeah. for Emerald Fennell in that category. What do you guys think about directing? I also think she has a shot at best directing. 
I do. I agree. I, agree. I think I saw this movie in January for the first time. So I was really excited when I saw it get Globes nominations. And I really, really thought that Carrie Mulligan had a chance. Like, I really, really did. And I think... She killed it. She certainly has traction for the Oscars. Yeah, we'll just have to see. But production-wise, I hope to see this represented in all of those categories. Me too. Writing, I could definitely see it. Directing, for sure. Best picture? Yeah. I think he deserves it, and I think we'll see I would like Mr. Burnham to get a nomination, but I don't know. I don't think he will. I've heard a little bit of buzz about it. I don't think he will, but I have heard... The birds are tweeting a little bit about a possibility. Yeah, no, I don't think he will, but I... Personally, I I would love for him to be nominated, but also seeing what he's up against. Literally from Defy Bloods, Miami, Judas, he shouldn't. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, no, exactly, like, Julia. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, 100%. But we all just have a soft spot for him. Yeah, he was really good at playing a male manipulator, but so is every man, so moving yeah. on. <laughs> we don't need to reward them for that. Nope. Oh, wait, I never got to read my thing. I had a really sweetie comment from Bo when he was doing press. He said, Maddie, I don't know where you're going to tie this in or if you just want to leave it right here, but this is just a nice little thing. This quote, this is a story I could never tell. This is a perspective I don't have. After doing my own things, it's like I really like the idea of I just want to serve someone else's vision, which I thought was really, really nice. That like, yes, yes, he knows that this is not his story to tell, but he just wanted to to help take part and tell the story, which I thought was really, really nice. He's never done wrong. That's a beautiful perspective. Yeah, I thought that was really nice. I wanted to share that but i forgot oh and i was seeing things reading some interviews with him as well and um the interviewer was like you kind of touch upon assault in your movie eighth grade remember the car scene when she's with um that older guy and he tries to you know i can't watch that scene i fast forward yeah because it's disgusting and he was like i never thought about it in that way but in a way our movies do meet in that universe somewhere like of telling about sexual assault and so he was happy that he could touch upon that in his movie um and then also clearly add like support it in another because it doesn't matter how it's young sickeningly you are universal yeah sexual impropriety yep mm-hmm. period great benson i have two actually um, first one is the Benson for the only movie thus far to make me continuously laugh out loud, which is my favorite mm-hmm. house time. We like to laugh here. It was fun um, to I be love able, laughing. not that sexual harassment is like a laughing matter by any stretch uh-uh. of the imagination. The dark, like it's dark comedy. Comedy was there. Like I was giggling. It was a black movie, comedy so nice. at the, at the very root of it. Just Carrie Mulligan saying that one line where she was like, you went on a date with my mom. Just like yeah. quick lines like yeah. that. Funny. I was like, mm-hmm. good work. Um, so that's my first Benson. My second Benson is solely for the line, I'm gonna buy you a bicycle. (laughs) 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 Whenever Bo, (laughs) when Bo and Carrie tell each other that they're starting to fall in love with each other and he goes, I'm gonna buy you a bicycle. I had to rewind it so many times. I could not stop laughing. I love that line so much. That had to have been improv. Just saying. That's a Bo Burnham. I hope it was. That's a Bo Burnham improv line if I've ever heard Oh my god. Mr. Burnham. Oh my god. My Benson um, is called Please God Think About yeah, It. Yeah, I get it. I know I kind of went on a little bit of a, of a tangential tangent earlier about this, yeah. but think critically about the media you consume because it will make you a better media consumer and a better person. So that's pretty much all I have to say about it. 
Amen. Use the brains that the good Lord blessed you with. I think we all know where this is going. <laughs> like, I, I think we I know. know. I just want to say that in our in our Google Doc, Maddie made a rule that no one else was allowed to give a Brenton to Bogart. Yeah, because I seriously, like, have been committed to him for so long in my life. I love him like a gay geneticist loves designer jeans. That's a Bo Burnham quote, in case you didn't know. He's literally my honey. Like, he's everything. And in case, uh, this is some background. We love Bo Burnham's movie, 8th Grade. If you haven't seen it, literally educate yourselves. But Libby, Julia, and I saw that movie together. Kane was busy that day, or she would have been there. You know it. And we almost saw it twice. Yeah, it was we that literally good. watched it. We were like, we need to see it twice. And we got McDonald's after, because if you know, you know. If and you I know, you know. At Bo, and was like, we're eating McDonald's in the car, and we're gonna go see your movie again, Bo, because we loved it. And he replied but we lied. to the tweet on August third, twenty eighteen. He said, and I'm quoting, <laughs> "Legends!" Exclamation point. So ever since then, we've been together, and it's been blissful, and he was amazing. He hasn't really done much recently. Like, I literally will at least once a week go on YouTube and watch Make Happy and watch, like, there's literally this one video. Again, Bo Burnham stands, you'll know it. It's, like, all of, like, his best songs, like, in a row, and I'll just watch it. But, but he hasn't done anything recently, so I was really excited to see him be doing a movie and for it to be this movie and end up being that good, oh my gosh, I was so happy. So, my legends, Benson, goes to my boyfriend, Bo. Hi! Don't sue me for saying this for Why Bible. can't I say any of that? That's all I wanted to well, say, sorry, too. Julia, but... My Benson is for Carrie Mulligan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know how to say it. My Benson um, is for <laughs> My Benson is for Carrie Mulligan. This was the first time I'd ever seen her in anything. I feel like that's probably bad, but... Um, yeah, are you serious? Um, you have you haven't seen Great Gatsby? Oh, with Leo. Okay, I guess I have. <laughs> Bro. Um, She's so sweet and British. This is my Benson oh my is for my favorite Carrie Mulligan piece. Thank you so much for listening to Lucky Episode Number Seven. And like we mentioned earlier, if you miss the Globes and you want to know what went on, we can get you caught up in just 15 minutes with our Golden Globes Special Edition episode. As always, thanks to Anchor for hosting the show and Rylan Jenkins Nate for his help with the intro and the outro. If you want to join our little Benson's family, come connect with us on social media. We're at Oscar Bait Podcast on Instagram and at Oscar Bait the Pod on Twitter. Men are evil. Have a wonderful week. This is Oscar Bait.